I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never said. All right, Dog Nation, welcome in. We've got another loaded to the gills show of uh, Dog Nations before the hedges tonight. I am Jeff Sintel. Uh, Georgia's going on the road. I guess that's why I've got my gray vest on. That means silver britches, gray pants. I sure wish they wore silver britches like they used to back in the old days. Uh, Auburn is a road game this weekend. But right now, we're going to talk about Georgia football recruiting brought to you by Kroger. Gosh, guys, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Got some good news, got some bad news. We got some big five action coming on. And yes, you heard it right. Yes, the headline's right. We have a special guest scheduled to appear at some point in our show tonight. Um, he's a very busy man, but we have a very special guest in five-star quarterback Dylan Riola expected uh, to appear. He said he's pretty likely he's going to make it, so he felt good about putting it in a headline, putting it on social media. Dylan's a really responsible kid, kid of his word. So I think it's probably going to be sometime around the 8.30, 8.25 hour, something like that. So until then, you've got me to kind of keep you uh, occupied and keep you entertained with a very busy week of Georgia football recruiting. Uh, like I said, got some good news. The good news is Ethan Barbour. You're going to hear from him tonight um, on his commitment day. You're going to see what it was like when he committed. If you guys have heard the stories about hashtag throw it to tight end, uh, you're going to see a little bit of that. You're going to see the T-shirt. You're going to see the energy from Alfred Ohio when he made that decision. We're going to talk about the bad news, which would be the NICAR decommitment. Kind of, in a little bit, kind of caught some people off guard. I will kind of go into detail about that when we hop into our Big Five. Got some great videos tonight. Dwight Phillips, you want to see highlights of his first real game back? Got that. He fought off an injury. Got a Sokovi White appreciation a moment I had to have to jump on a sandbox, jump on my soapbox tonight and talk about Sokovi Hollywood White because Sokovi is now the longest tenured senior commitment in the Georgia 2024 class. He chose Georgia October the 10th, almost a full year ago of 2022. So we're going to talk about Sokovi. We're going to talk about Ryan Puglisi's uh, viral moment in his first game for Avon Old Farms and those winged beavers. That's the big five, but quickly, I got some topics on my mind to talk about. Uh, we're going to call this the quick five. Things are going on. First of all, we're going to get into NICAR a little bit, but I do think there is still a small chance. I didn't say great. I didn't say supersized. I didn't say jumbo. Small chance they're back with uh, NICAR. Number two, uh, it'd be very interesting to be see the dogs on the road because a lot of Georgia's targets – are scheduled to appear as guests of the Auburn Tigers this weekend. You got like five-star edge uh, Zion Grady um, out of Charles Henderson Troy. Uh, Alvin Henderson, the running back out of Elba, Alabama. He's a four-star running back in the 2025 class. Nykar is expected to be there as a guest of the uh, – as the, of the Auburn Tigers as well. Also, K.J. Bolden. K.J. Bolden last week had another big game against Marietta. He rocked some Georgia UGA gloves. Wouldn't read too much into that right now, not at this time. And uh, so it's a pretty, pretty interesting time for the Dogs to put on a show on the road for their first road test in Jordan-Hare Stadium, which is already a very hostile environment. Great road crowd to be in the SEC. If you've never went to a Georgia game at Auburn, You've never experienced a game at Jordan-Hare, and you got some chance, some tickets to get over to Auburn. I encourage you to do so. You will never forget the excitement, the energy in that stadium, especially at kickoff. Um, recent visit from uh, three-star nose guard Nemande Agboko out of North Carolina, Garner, North Carolina. Took an official visit to check out Notre Dame for the Ohio State game. As of now, as of now, it kind of can get crazy depending on how many defensive linemen Georgia closes with. But as of now, I would say that's still a strong, or at least a solid commitment to Georgia at this time. He even told uh, some reporters uh, after the game that he's still committed to Georgia. Uh, I think with with Ogboko and Georgia, I think still that defensive line development is really huge there. You look at what Notre Dame's done; it's pretty decent. I think they've put about maybe five or six, like fifth, six third, fourth rounders uh, into the NFL draft over the last four or five years, but not quite like it is at Georgia. Uh, you're watching Georgia kind of, I guess I would say, keeping their options open. 
a couple of junior college officers have, offers have went out on the defensive line. Um, one from a young man that grew up in Alabama. Another one uh, went out in Kansas. Those are kind of the typical junior college football hubs. Uh, right now, I wouldn't put a lot into that right now with Georgia on the, the defensive line front from the JUCO level. I do think the class needs at least one more wide receiver now. I think it needs at least one more defensive back and about two more guys on the uh, – on the defensive line, of course, Aiden Breeland and Michael Burrow would be the two names to watch there. Um, I don't think Georgia gets back into the mix with like a one of those hyped five-star receivers. I think perhaps the biggest casualty of the NICAR decision when he reopened his recruitment is Georgia kind of lost a lot of time with they could have invested into a, an, a, into a big-time prospect or even a mid-tier prospect because they thought they had a really strong player in NICAR. So... Um, you can't just kind of jump in the boat and say, hey, remember me, because I think recruits will kind of see through that. Uh, and then the next thing, something to think about, I'm giving you a quick, quick, quick six here, I guess, instead of a quick five, is something to think about when you watch the Florida Gators play. Defense is coming along. That defense is looking pretty good, especially at the linebacker spot, especially in their front seven. Uh, and also something to think about now, Florida's going to need about a couple of years of this, but right now they have the second highest rated recruiting class in the SEC. Uh, that's number three in the country, and that's even ahead of Alabama. Even their uh, per uh, recruit average, I think that's what on three does now, is they don't really rank a team score by the number of recruits. They rank them by the average commitment and what the score is there. So if you've got more four stars, and five stars and three stars, you're going to weigh really heavily on their algorithm right now. But Gators looking pretty good right there in terms of uh, getting mighty again, or at least getting a little mightier uh, under uh, second-year head coach Billy Napier right now. Third in the country, second in the SEC. Of course, Georgia is number one in both of those metrics right there. That was some quick recruiting talk. Uh, we, let's jump right now into our big five. Give me five up on the screen. Put me uh, five fingers in the air if you don't care. We will have, we are expecting Dylan Riola to join the show sometime during the broadcast. I'm thinking about 8.30 or so. So kind of, that's what he's kind of said. It would be a good time for him to hop on. Very busy dude. We'll talk to him about his busy schedule during the week. But um, something to keep in mind. I know people are probably saying that in the chat. The first thing we'll start about is I think Georgia, number one, I think Georgia, the big story of Georgia recruiting over the last week is I think Georgia lost a really special playmaker in Nikar. He could play the Z for Georgia. He could probably play the nickel. He could probably play a lot of places. He plays a lot of X for Colquitt County. And you're talking about, I think, one of the best five or six receivers in the country. I think he's rated the number 10, the number 11 overall receiver in the country. I actually think Nikar, I was talking to somebody about this just a couple weeks ago. I think he can challenge the Georgia 7A record this year. I believe he's got 10 touchdowns right now. I think Colquitt County is going to play at least 13, 14 games, maybe even 15 I think he can challenge the Georgia 7A record for touchdown catches in a season with 24. That's held by Travis Hunter. Uh, of course, the Georgia record, I believe, is uh, 29. Um, uh, set a few years ago out of Georgia class two-way ball at Rabin County right there. You know, it's one of those things, like, I, it's funny what I read. and Everybody's got their message boards, and everybody sometimes sends me emails about, hey, Jeff, did you hear this? And I think a lot of the public opinion initially thinks it's a Florida State thing and going with this boy Landon Thomas. I don't think that way at all. I think it's Miami there um, for a lot of reasons. And, you know, one of the things I heard, and I've got a pretty good source on this that I would trust about this, is I think Georgia learned about this a couple weeks ago. And I think Georgia, um, maybe, maybe when Nikar is feeling like a decommitment, Georgia got him to kind of hold off on that, come back, uh, to Georgia for the South Carolina game and kind of see how things were uh, after that and see how he felt after that. And obviously, Knight has felt like he was ready to make a decommitment at that point and reopen his recruitment. He'd been committed to Georgia since July of 2022. So I do feel like Georgia has a chance. They're still going to recruit Nye as well. But um, he would have been a very, very effective playmaker in the Mike Bobo offense. I mean, Bobo was a guy that actually – Georgia's interest in Nikar actually picked up once Bobo got on staff because, you know, Mike, Mike's from Thomasville. He's a South Georgia guy, believes in 229 football, and he was really a big fan of Nikar and his game right there. 
So that's kind of what I'll cover there in terms of NICAR. Don't think the chances are amazing. I think they're kind of smallish to Georgia to get back in the mix with NICAR. But I will tell you this, I did put him back on the top targets list because of all the wide receivers in the country. And I do think Georgia needs to get one more at least in this class. Right now, NICAR is probably as good as target as any because you've got that longstanding relationship with the staff, BMAC, the commits, and the commitment chat as well. Um, the second thing we're going to talk about, and uh, we've got a, a really good video package we put together here from Ethan Barbour, uh, the all-around number four tight end in the country. He committed back on Friday to the Dogs, the nation's number four tight end. Todd Hartley's already got his homework and he's got his advance work done for the 2025 class, and here we are, not even in October of 2023. Uh, really good chance I went out to Alpharetta High School. Uh, Barbour told me he was gracious enough to kind of Kind of, kind of give me a lot of insight into his recruiting. Said he'd made the decision about four weeks ago, but it was a good time. And Alpharetta High School, the staff, the football staff, and some of the folks there, they couldn't really tell me the last time they had an SEC-level recruit. I think Ethan Barbour will eventually end up in one of those All-American games. Uh, but right now, if you weren't there, you want to know a little bit more about Ethan Barbour, big smiles all around, check this out, one of our many Dog Nation conversations tonight. Ethan Barbour on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. And we are out here for Ethan's big day. Make some noise for him. Uh, I mean, it feels really great. Uh, I appreciate y'all students here, our student body. Um, y'all played a big thing in his commitment, you know, uh, always supporting at the games, you know, support during school, so I really appreciate that. And then my family around me, um, they've been there since day one, you know, supporting me since I was a little one. And then, you know, my coaches, you know, Coach Brandon, Coach Kirby, you know, developed me as a little kid, you know, developed me as a leader um, to be this day. You know, I'm all Christian as well, so feel really good. All right, this is what everybody came here for. You see, everybody got some phone notes. Everybody's excited. Flair, that your thing? What, tell me about that. Oh, this is this is my mom's idea. She said, "Oh yeah, uh, you gotta get a necklace. So you gotta do it different than everybody else." So um, uh, she bought it from I don't even know where she bought it from, but we got the chain a couple days ago, and then she bought the pin for it. So that's what she wanted to do. And then she uh, on this on top of that, she bought the throw to the tight end shirts. So she, we, that's our that's our new trademark. We trademarked that slogan hashtag throw to the tight end. So yes, um, I knew it probably about four weeks ago. Um, you know, I've been there so many times. Just like uh, see what they do in their program. So I knew I called Coach Smart about three weeks ago, and I told him I think I'm ready. So that's what happened. 
what you know you mentioned when you were up here that it's a new dynasty in the making over there just what do you like about just the overall program that Coach Smart has built and how are you going to help keep it going going forward um, he's built so special over there you know uh, best defense in the nation uh, trying to have the best offense in the nation too so um, making everybody work over there and when I get there I'm work too uh, you know can't be slacking off or anything you gotta make sure you work over there because um, if you're slacking behind you're not going to get that starting spot ultimately the starting spot is that goal because when you get that starting spot then you get developed you get, you're going to get developed as well you get that playing time as well you get started by other SEC teams SEC is the best conference in the nation so you play with other SEC teams uh, it develops you for the NFL because that's the next goal the way Georgia uses their tight ends they need multiple tight ends like they're really for the way they use the tight end they're really slim right now you know um, Loss is hurt um, Pierce is hurt so right now they're only down they're down to Delvin Bowers you know they're, they have two tight ends in the game for like most of the game so they need multiple tight ends you know so the tight ends in the game right now they're good you have to work and hopefully you get that spot you know you got to beat those other tight ends up um, Coach Charlie special man you know uh, like I said in a bunch of other interviews uh, he's basically going to be another father when you get there uh, going to take care of you off the field um, going to coach you hard you know going to love on you so that's what we really, really like about a coach uh, coach is not going to drive you in the ground and the coach is not going to sugarcoat anything because um, they're not going to sugarcoat anything on the next level uh, so Coach Harley he's a special man you know uh, he loves tight ends like nobody else so that's what we really special about Ethan when you were um, at the cookout you led the group of tight ends in at least one drill did, you just, did that just feel right for you did that feel like the vibe that these are guys you can play with oh yeah ultimately because that's those people that you're going to be playing with uh, when you get there. Uh, you're going to have to make relationships with them. Uh, they're going to be in the same tiny room as you. Um, um, Cohen, uh, uh, Jaden Riddell, uh, they're, they're, they're good guys too, great athletes. Um, so, you know, you got you got to uh, play with them and, you know, you got to make relationships with them as well. Hashtag throw me to the tight end. What does that mean? Tell me about that. Oh, throw to the tight end, man. You know, tight ends are uh, dominant weapons on the field. They dictate defenses. Uh, you can bring the safety down. You can open up receivers for deep balls. Uh, you can get numbers in the run game. So uh, that's what's really, really special about a tight end. You know, they do both things. They can block in the run game. They can run routes. So, you know, they're just a matchup nightmare. Um, smaller safeties, they try to get on your back and kiss the ball like this. So they can't really do much with you in the run game. If you really, really can hold up, you can block six technique DNs, and then you can block um, second-level linebackers. So that's what, that's what makes tight is really, really special. Whose idea was that? Um, oh, that was my mom's. But my deal, my dad that came with the hashtag. Um, you know, he, he said he's gonna trademark it now. So um, throw to the tight end. Yeah, my mom she she wanted to put that on the shirt. She said that's what we stand by now. You know, uh, tight ends are involved in the game. You know, that's a new uh, position I'm becoming. Ethan, I think Kirby told you we're not gonna take anybody else. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna accept any commitments until you say no or you say let's ride. What did that mean, and how special was that? Oh, uh, that was really, really special. You know, showing me that I'm top priority uh, as a tight end. Uh, show me that they don't want they want me and nobody else you know they was going to wait until it could be December it could be January it could be February it could be even the summer they were still going to wait you know see what I was going to do because I was their priority so it was really special to follow up on Jeff asked why why did you choose now to commit to Georgia you've got a year I guess a year a little over a year before you would sign why, why did you choose now to uh, to jump on board uh, I chose now you know the recruiting process is speeding up now uh, more and more people are um, committing earlier so you know it's about time to lock up your spot you know and you have the opportunity that you want, you know, you're going to go and uh, take it. You know, this is the opportunity I wanted, so I thought I should take it now. Thanks, Ethan. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hashtag throw to the tight end. Hashtag throw to the tight end. Got to love that. Hashtag throw to the tight end, uh, Ethan and his family. Um, really cool thing about that family is um, his dad uh, served in the military and got an MBA from Duke. Very serious-minded family. His sister uh, is in just graduated from Vanderbilt. She was almost the valedictorian of her class in high school. Very serious-minded, very education-based family. And it was cool to see him with the hashtag throw to the tight end there as well. Again, guys, I'm going to try and pop in and out with a lot of these. Um, got a loaded show. we also are expecting a probably around 8.30 or so. I kind of feel like Ryan Seacrest or Dick Clark at New Year's Rocking Eve where we're trying to maybe count down maybe around 8.30 or so maybe, about another 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes so. We're expecting to uh, have a special guest in Dylan Riola. Um, five-star quarterback commitment, obviously uh, having a great season so far for Buford High School. Now, my mom always raised me right, and she said, sometimes you can't talk about what you lost without looking back and saying, appreciate what you have. And I think that was one of the reasons why it kind of just felt right for me to kind of talk about 
uh, Sokovi White. Three-star wide receiver Sokovi White. Had a couple of interviews of Sokovi that I'd always been wanting to show you guys. One with his head coach, Steve Gates. The other one with Sokovi White right before the, right before the uh, season started. But check this out. I got, I got this. Uh, I got his stats for last week. Last week, he only played a half. And for folks of you that were, are playing Georgia or SEC commit fantasy football, I think there are people out there that actually do that. Uh, I'm not joking. Uh, he had seven catches for 125 yards and four touchdowns in the first half. Uh, so Kobe White, his season stats right now, he's averaging 16.2 yards per catch, but 34 catches for 552 yards and nine touchdowns. It's kind of like sort of like the type, type of season that Nikar was having. Um, but, you know, one of the things about, you know, Sokovi is, like I said earlier, he's now the longest tenured commitment in the class. He committed to Georgia last October from northwest Georgia. Todd Munkin loved him. Could he play some corner? Yeah. Could he play some nickel? Yeah. He'll probably be like a, a return man option, a slot option. Uh, he will enroll early at the University of Georgia in January after a, a bonkers senior season for Cass High in Cartersville, the Cass Colonels. But, and I wanted you guys to kind of get a little taste, get a little idea of what Georgia has there. A really special football player in my mind in Sokovia White. He's one of this perennial going to be like, you know, recruiting analyst guy can say, can sound smart when they say that a guy like Sokovia White is never going to be appreciated because he's only 5'9 and about 185 pounds. Uh, and he's a three-star. But, folks, this is a guy that will be something formidable for the dogs in Athens. Don't take my word for it. Let's take up with our second Dog Nation conversation of the night. Here's Sokovi Hollywood White and also his head coach, Steve Gates at Cass High School. Steve, actually a former Georgia Bulldog offensive lineman himself. Check it out right now on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. How are you better going into senior year than you were junior year? Um, bigger, faster, and um, I know a lot more, and I know the teeth around the game in high school, and that's just really it. I can just beat people off with speed. I'm a lot stronger than most of the kids on the field, and that's just really it right there. What do you think keeps you committed to Georgia? Like, what's the main reason why the main hook still? Really them winning games, um, the players that we're getting, and the bond that I have with the coaches and the players. I mean, that's a, that's a special bond. We have one of the um, top recruiting classes in the country right now, and just all of us playing together with top talents will help me make it a lot more easier for me to play and uh, to get the ball, whether I'm on offense or defense. So that's just that's it. Uh, explosive player, a very, very explosive player, and uh, I'm going to make plays, and I'm going I'm to uh, stay in, stay locked in, and you got to worry about me getting in the transfer portal. I mean, my parents tell me that um, don't leave when stuff gets hard, so if anything gets hard, you gotta, I'm not one of the people that you got to worry about that's leaving. Um, really just trust God, and I have faith in God that he's going to help me in whatever I'm doing, even in my struggles, in my high days, my low days, so that's just, that's it. He's an extremely confident, humble man, um, and that's that's been probably the most gratifying thing to, to watch watch him grow into. It's just uh, he is uh, he's not going to back down from anybody at any point in time in his life. I can promise you that. So it doesn't matter if you're a six-three receiver, he's gonna he'll jam you. I'm just I'm just telling you he will jam you, and that's just part of life. So. What's your prediction about where he plays the most in college? Uh, he'll start out at slot for Coach Smart. Uh, that's where he's projected. Um, but he's an extremely dynamic ball hawk, and it wouldn't be surprised if he got some reps on defense. Um, no doubt is he'll be a punt and kick returner um, just with his athleticism. Um, but, uh, you know, you can see some corner in his future. So how much did the recent 4-4, was that expected, validated, or did you know he was going to? I knew he was fast, but but just like Coach Monk, and obviously he's not with Georgia, he, he said it best about Sokovi last year to me. He said Sokovi's as fast as he needs to be. And and that's sometimes he gets bored at practice uh, because he is so elite that uh, he gets bored, and so he kind of sometimes gets into cruise control and goes as fast as he wants to go. Well. Some of the kids that, that day we did the combine were saying that he wasn't real fast, so he got kind of ticked off about it and said, "I'll you know, okay, I'll just go ahead and run a 4.46 and be done with it and just show you." So 
once he gets to Georgia and realizes that everybody standing around him can run a 4-4-6, then, then I think that'll even increase his motivation and get him. Sokovi in three years at a combine would not surprise me if he ran a low 4-3. And he's what? 5'9", 190 right now? Is that 5'9"? 5'9", 185, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And he's a he's a over a 1,000-pound kid in the three weights, so he's 300-something bench, 300-something uh, uh, power clean, and then 450 somewhere in there for uh, squats. So he's extremely strong. You're not going to have another one quite like him for a while, or maybe ever, right? pretty special you know it's kind of funny like I said earlier before that we teased that clip before we set up that clip uh, when you lose something pretty special you lose something pretty important to you make sure you look around and be thankful for what you still have and I think dog fans really probably don't know what they have in Sokovi White until he starts doing maybe some of the stuff Makai Muse is doing right now for the dogs but a lot more a lot earlier in the game and punt return uh, gonna be a great like weapon for the dogs and it's just somebody to get really excited about going forward he had four touchdowns in the ha- his first half of his game last week he's got nine for the season plays some safety wants to play some corner some nickel uh i think the two things that stand out about that video i hope you guys you know the things that my ear went to first of all uh he said that you know the four four six time was basically when he got called out are challenged by his teammates, and then he runs a four four six because they didn't think he could run a four four. But then Steve Gates said, "Look for him, maybe when it's time to go into the NFL Combine, and that'd be like four years from now, probably for Sokovi, maybe five. Uh, he said, "Look, it wouldn't surprise him a bit to, for, to to see him run something in the four threes, the high four threes, and then you combine that. Did you hear those lifts over three hundred on the bench, uh, over a thousand pounds, and you know squat." power clean and bench you're talking about a like a slot receiver one of those quick guys one of those twitch guys and he's got that type of strength and he would press anybody when he plays corner I just really think Sokovi Hollywood White is a really special football player now after the uh, loss of Nikar he's been committed to the dogs longer than anybody else in the nation's number one class um so there we go. We've got another. We we got another guy. Another the fourth member of our kind of. Uh, looks like I think we have a special guest. Um, without further ado, uh, QB one. I think he committed to Georgia back in May. You guys know who he is. Dylan Riola, out of uh, Buford High School. Dylan, five star quarterback, number one quarterback in the country. Dylan, how you doing tonight, man? Doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing? <laughs> good, Dylan, man. Uh, First of all, let me ask you this. I know uh, you're a busy dude, man. It seems like every one of your days is regimented. Can you just give Dog Nation, like, everybody watching a little window into, like, what's your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? What are all those days outlined to do? It seems like you're doing everything with Buford right now. Yeah, so we start basically – start with Sunday. Um, I go in and meet with my coaches, you know, Sunday night about the game plan. You know, kind of just a vanilla idea of what we want to do and how we want to attack it. Um, and then after that, you know, Monday's a, a heavy install day. Um, getting getting all our, our plays that we want to see on tape, you know, get it out there, get that done. Um, watch it Monday, watch it Monday night. Um, and then, you know, after that, Tuesday's our third down day. Um, and we kind of preview, you know, some, some red zone. But, you know, stick to third down is a crucial day for us uh, just to, you know, keep the chains moving and, and things like that. And then, you know, Wednesday is a, a more slower-paced day. Uh, we we kind of do things flopped, you know, than other programs. We'll be have a slow day Wednesday. And then Thursday, we'll speed it up. We'll have a full inside run, full team period. Um, so we're hitting pretty much the day before the game just to, you know, get our minds right. Um, and then Friday's, Friday's game time. And, you know, Friday mornings we come in, we stretch. You know, everyone kind of is in their own world. And pregame, pregame is its own animal. You know, we all have our our own little routines or whatever you want to call it. And, and by then, it's you know, it's whatever we got to do to win. And I think Dylan. I mean, Dylan's got a lot of stuff. I don't think he carried it with you half of it. I know some days he meets with his receivers, and I, I know mm-hmm. he's kind of being humble. Like I think Wednesday was a night where he meets with his receivers. I think Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, you're up at five thirty and at with a boombox working out. 
doing yeah. doing agilities with your brother. Um, I, I know sometimes you go in early on Sundays and watch film. Mm-hmm. And it really feels like you already got a pro or a professional lifestyle right now, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get the best football you can out of yourself. Dylan, you got a lot of things going for you, man. What, two things I've noticed this year is one, you know, you can throw the ball really well. You can lead a team down. You can read a defense. Where does this great teammate stuff come from? I mean, it's like everybody tells me you'll hoop and holler in the locker room like everybody else, and you can be a character. You just kind of quickly won over your team. Like, it's one thing to throw the touchdown. It's one thing to look like a five-star. But, like, how do you try to invest in being a real guy amongst your team? Yeah, I think, you know, Buford does a great job of that, just allowing people to just be themselves. Um, and, you know, my parents done a great job. You know, growing up my whole my whole childhood of, you know, respect people and, and you know, stay humble. And, and I feel that that's, that's kind of where, um, you know, I'd say the good teammate um, comes out. I mean, it, it's, it's just been great. My teammates just allow me to, you know, be, be with them all the time. We're always with them. I mean, they're always pointing to me. We're pointing to each other. So, you know, it, it's a two-sided relationship. And, and you know, we're, we all love being around each other. Um, you know, every moment we can try and be around each other, we are. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. We trust each other. Um, that, that took some hard work, but you know, now we have each other's trust. We really can just go out there and, you know, know that, you know, they're make a play for me. Dylan, a lot of great players got to find some juice. They got to find some motivation. What motivates you these days? Is it something day to day? Is it long-term goals? Is it short-term goals? Like when you need to get juiced up, where do you, where do you find your energy and motivation from? Uh, I, I get it from, you know, from the Lord first, you know, I, every time I go out on the field, it's, it's, you know, for me, it's imagining God's on the goalposts or Jesus on the goalposts watching me play and to just play for his glory. Um, you know, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of things outside that you can't control, but if you keep that perspective, you know, nothing really can bother you. And, and I think that's, that's kind of where, um, you say, you know, I feel pretty comfortable in, you know, the, the big games and, you know, just having a great coaching staff put put our whole team in position to be successful for these big-time games and, and uh, you know, prepare us the best we can. Dylan, I think I try to keep up with your stats every week. I don't consider you to be a stats guy, but I think you got 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think you're completing about 66% of your balls. Like, is there anything you pay attention to, like with the way you play or your stat line that you want to be a quarterback that is a high percentage guy that avoids the turnover, mm-hmm. that protects the ball? Which sort of values there to a quarterback are really important to you? I think keeping keeping the ball in our hands and not turning it over is huge for us. Um, but, you know, I think completion percentage and, and having weapons on the outside go hand in hand. Um, you know, I have tremendous athletes on the perimeter that, you know, I can spit the ball out to and they can make plays. So, um, you know, the, the completion percentages is not just me. It's my offensive line. It's my running backs blocking. It's just everyone on the same page and, and our guys making plays. You know, I, I solely believe that, you know, I can't do it all by myself. And my teammate does, my team does a great job of, you know, going out there making plays and, and, you know, making my job easy. Dylan, let me ask a couple questions. I know the fans always want to know your opinions on things as one of the leaders of the class. And mm-hmm. I know how hard you worked for for a lot of a long time behind the scenes to try to put the best class together. First of all, this is kind of a fun question. What did you think of KJ's gloves? Did you approve those gloves last week for the Marietta game? I mean, did you did you make sure if you wanted to wear some gloves he have some? What did you think of KJ's gloves last week? I thought it was pretty cool. I, I had an idea he was gonna Pull them out this week. Um, Thursday, normally everybody wears what they're going to wear to the game just to you know, get comfortable. And he came out them on Thursday practice and I asked him what was going on. He said, I'm rocking the Georgia gloves on TV. I said, shoot, let's go. And, you know, he bought out in them. And um, I think it's just pretty funny that, that that people notice that. You should probably tell him to wear them every week. I'm sure you probably already told him that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dylan, I, I guess the NICAR stuff, a lot of, you know, he was a great player. And I know, what was mm-hmm. your reaction? I know you, you've already, you'd built a bond with Nye, and I guess chiefly mm-hmm. you want the young man to do what's best for him and his family above all else. But, like, what was your reaction to NICAR's uh, decision? And, 
you know, what do you think that leaves the class now at receiver? Yeah, it, it hurt. It stung at first, um, knowing the kind of guy he was, um, kind of athlete he was, and, and what he kind of brought to this class. But um, at the end of the day, you know, I told him, you know, I actually sent him a text and I told him that, you know, it's, everything's going to be good, man, and, and I'm supporting him wherever he goes. So he's a great player. He's going he's gonna to do great things in the future. So, you know, it hurt, but, um, you know, we just got to go back to work recruiting um, some more wide receivers. But, you know, our two guys we got now are, are elite guys, so I feel comfortable about it. Uh, Dylan, lots of uh, <clears throat> fans are joining in just saying thank you. Thank you for coming to Georgia. Thanks for what you're doing. Uh, Dylan, when you're at Georgia now and you're watching the Bobo offense – or you're just there. What's that feeling like? Is it? Are you being a football nerd and watching everything and watching what he's doing with quarterbacks, responsibilities, pre-snaps? Or are you just sitting there taking it all in and looking at the light show and thinking that's going to be me next year? Like, what goes through your mind at a Georgia game these days? I think sometimes if they're not on the wristband, I try to pick their signals. Um, that it's it's kind of fun doing that just kind of, you know, understand the game of football and kind of what they're trying to do. But, yeah, I think it's – you see it from a different perspective now, you know, being committed, you know, always being there with, you know, the offensive line, um, tight ends, uh, and just, just showing them, like, what we can do and, and how, how we can, you know, implement our talents and our skill set to come in and play football for the University of Georgia. I think it's a tremendous honor. And, and I feel that, you know, our, our class is ready to come in and play. Um, you know, nobody's entitled to, you know, being a day one starter. That's not on anyone's mind. Coming in, being the best version of themselves, and, and just kind of fitting into that culture of, of what Coach Smart has, has established. Dylan, do you still have your recruiting hat on for anybody? I'm sure you'll continue to talk to KJ in your own kind of mm-hmm. classy way. But like, what do you think this class still needs? Is it another another receiver? Is it another defensive lineman? Is it another defensive back? Like. Who are you still going after for the class, hoping to get them to play with the, the dogs one day? I think KJ is for sure one. Aiden Breland's another. Um, and there's some receivers out there that, that we're working on. Um, but I, I think our class is our class is, is elite, and that's that's a big big testament to what Coach Smart has done and his whole staff. Um, and and we just got to keep all the guys committed um, that are committed right now. Um, because it's great, great bonds we've all created with each other. You know, like I said, we always check in. We still do. Um, you know, like Daniel Calhoun called me the Monday night and, and was like asking me how the game was last week. Um, and, and it's just that kind of relationship we all have with each other. Mm. Dylan, I kind of laughed when I when I saw you after your first game. I think, or maybe it's the St. Francis game, and uh, you were talking about the ways you've acclimated acclimated yourself to the state of Georgia. Excuse me. I know you like to try to eat clean and eat like an athlete, but you've had some Waffle House moments from time to time. Uh, is I got to get a Waffle House update here, and anything else in Georgia that you haven't had before that you really like that maybe you didn't get out in Arizona? Um, well, it's funny. I went to Waffle House. I don't. I think I've been once this season. Actually, I actually come home with with my family, and we have our. You know, we my mom gets food, uh, or she'll make some food, but. You know, Waffle House is what the guys do. I went one time with them, and um, yeah, I mean, the Waffle House is is good, but you know, it, I feel like it comes to a point where you can't can't keep eating it. Like the food is is really good, but it's it's not good for you. You don't feel good the next day. Sure, uh, Dylan. I guess last thing for you. You know, a lot of times, even us as reporters, we were kind of guilty of looking at your season and saying hey, let's see how he does in Georgia high school football. Mm-hmm. And from every time I've talked to you, I just got a real sense from you that football is football and you just wanted to prepare and work and like you've always done. Like, what have you noticed about playing in Georgia, if anything? Or is it really just football is football? Or what have you started to pick up now that you've played five or six games in the state of Georgia? Yeah, I think I think the statement football stuff, football is true, but at the same time, you you know, Georgia football is a little different. And you know, playing five games, you kind of, you kind of feel it, and you can see it. You know, you got to come, come with, you know, ready to play every week. Every game's not going to be a pushover, and and I feel like, um, you know, things that that you don't do right get exposed, and and I think that's, that's that's football, and that's that's real. So 
I think it, it prepares and gets you ready for, you know, what's in the future to come for everyone on our football team. Dylan, I'll, I'll summarize some of the comments. Um, people are saying you're a soldier. Good job. Great answer. They, they also want to know a couple of things. Do you know how much you're supposed to dislike the Florida Gators now that you're a Georgia Bulldog? Have you picked up on that at all? I mean, and is that is there a team like you can't wait to play as a dog that you just know you're really in the middle of big time college football? Um, I understand that the Florida Florida part. I know we're not. We're, I'm not a Florida fan, um, so y'all don't have to worry about me being a Florida fan. Um, but I I think the whole SEC's tremendous teams, tremendous college atmosphere. So I don't think there's one game I could pick out that that would, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to. I think all of them are. But, you know, our next season next season schedule is, is, is going to be pretty legit. Uh, Dylan, one comment here I thought was funny. They said, Dylan, please get your spatula out and flip Jeremiah and KJ. <laughs> so uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm working on it. Um, KJ is a little easier because he's, you know, one of my best friends and my teammate. Um, Jeremiah was still chopping at the bit, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with him on signing day. I think he'll go down on signing day with his decision. Dylan, last question. Uh, you've gotten a lot of high level advice from your dad, from your uncles, uh, from your first coach, uh, when you were, when you played for John Kittness in Texas, in Texas at Burleson, what's the best piece of advice you've gotten about playing the game and playing quarterback in particular? Is there anything that you really are in lockstep with a lot that you kind of come back to it a lot? Yeah, I think it's more than football. Um, you, you can't, you can't be a certain person on the football field and expect to be a different person off the football field. Um, you know, you're going to be one person, whether you like it or not, you can't, you can't fake it. You can't cover it up. So, um, I think the game of football teaches you a lot of great life lessons um, and and it can kind of just help, you know, steer, learn, teach you some different lessons in different sorts of ways that the game does um, that other other sports can't. But, yeah, I think it, the biggest thing is understanding football is not the end all, say all. You know, there's there's a bigger thing to life than there is just football. And, you know, that's probably, that's something that I keep with me all the time. Mm. Hey, Dylan, uh, true to your word, I'm going to try to keep kept you to like 12 minutes or 10 or 12 minutes or so. One thing, folks, that was just not a prefabricated answer because it sounded good. Dylan is a young man uh, that leans a lot on his Christian faith. I remember the first time I talked to him maybe two years ago, and it sounded like he might wind up at Georgia. He literally said the same answer, that he plays the game like Jesus Christ is on the goalpost, and he does everything in the game to glorify him. And Dylan, I just want to say thanks a lot. I told you a lot of our listeners and audiences have been coming, kind of give me a double A-gap blitz because we haven't had you on yet. But uh, yeah. I know you got school. I know you got film. I know you got everything in your playbook. But, hey, man, I certainly appreciate you hanging out with us for a little bit. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Um, and go dogs. Take it easy, Dylan. There you have it. We tried to go quick game. Uh, with Dylan Raiola, he's literally, it looks like he's probably pouring over a playbook right now, uh, trying to trying to make things better for his Buford Wolves. Interesting answers. I thought it was pretty cool how he talked about uh, K.J. Bolden there, how he talked about, uh, you know, how Nykar hurt. Did you pay attention to how close and connected this class is when he talked about Daniel Calhoun's calling him on a Monday, just kind of see how his game went? That's what you want to hear from your uh, future Georgia Bulldogs right there. It's kind of funny that Dylan drops in in the middle of our big five. So you guys, uh, for the price of nothing, uh, on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger, you get a super six of things going on right now in the midst of our show. And I think it's appropriate that in between uh, a piece on Sokovi White and a piece on uh, Dwight Phillips, you get QB1, you get uh, the first quarterback committed in the class, the number one quarterback committed in the class, and, you know, we got more show. Uh, the show must go on. I think it's very appropriate that uh, we have a great uh, – you guys, you can lament the fact that Georgia lost a big-time playmaker in Nikar. Certainly he's somebody to think. Dad Gummett would have helped the dogs a lot. But you got to remember, I think this class is built around the offensive line, the six offensive linemen that Georgia have coming in, and then also the two quarterbacks. That's not just Dylan Riola. Let me show you something here from um, – this, this past Saturday night, this is Ryan Puglisi here at uh, Avon Old Farms in Connecticut. Uh, folks, he had his first game. It's kind of crazy with everybody 
uh, looking at him right now in his first game. And Dylan's on game five, game six. And in Connecticut, they do ball a little bit differently there. This was the first game here uh, for uh, Ryan Puglisi. He goes 10 out of 12. I think he throws for a couple hundred yards and two touchdowns and runs for one. But take a look at this clip right here. We're going to have it in two spots. One is the throw. I think it's already went viral on social media. I think over 85,000 views when I first tweeted it out on Sunday night. And then we'll have a slow-mo. And this thing covers 61 yards in the air with a lot of great touch. Check it out right now on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Here we got some slow-mo right here. You see there, Ryan Puglisi. One of the things he'd worked on, guys, is just more touch, more accuracy, more laying. He didn't have to, you know, throw the ball to New Hampshire if he wanted to. You think of that Crash Davis line, anything that goes that far needs to have a stewardess on it. I kind of looked at it as, I'm going to put this video out on Twitter, and folks are going to be reaching for an air sickness bag. That thing traveled so far. Uh, in the air. There's Ryan Puglisi, also a top 10 quarterback in the country for Georgia's class. I don't know if Georgia will be able to get a 2025 quarterback because those two dudes, Dylan Ryle and Ryan Puglisi, are the very much real deal. Uh, real deal Holyfield, as uh, Snoop used to say. Uh, but amazing video. I love that throw. I think a lot, caught of a lot of people's attention because not only do you have a guy like Dylan Raiola there that is probably everything you'd ever want in a leader and a quarterback, but you've also got Ryan Puglisi as well, who you can say pretty much all the same things for competitor, committed, wants to be a dog, not going to back off being a dog, ready to come in and compete. I mean, that just bodes well for the future of Georgia football. You look at places like Florida, they have to go to the transfer portal to get a quarterback, a senior quarterback, the same thing for um, Auburn this weekend. They have to get Michigan State's quarterback after Florida got Wisconsin's quarterback. Alabama had to go find Notre Dame's quarterback from a year ago and to try and put together their quarterback position. And Georgia, uh, the future of the quarterback room in Georgia is very bright, and I think the present is as good as anybody in the SEC as well. Speaking of something very, very good on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger, our fifth part of our Big Five tonight. Let's take a look at this. Dwight Phillips Jr. had a chance to see him. He, I was told by the Pebblebrook staff that he was finally full go for the first time uh, this season last week. They faced an unbeaten Harrison team, and uh, we're going to tell a story here with the video, but a little bit of bad luck, but a lot of fight through it, adversity, play through it. Uh, I think Dwight Phillips, you're going to see some highlights here. After getting hurt on the first play of the game, he plays the rest of the game at about 70%. He ends up with 102 yards rushing and a touchdown on 14 carries. Check it out right now tonight on Before the Hedges. Dwight Phillips, man, I know it wasn't the outcome you wanted. Tell me what you're working with tonight. I bet you came into this game thinking, I'm ready to roll, I'm ready to run. Yeah, I actually got hurt on the first play of the game, but I told my teammates I was going to tough it out and try to win the game. But, you know, everything happened for a reason. Can't win all of it. I think probably, what, you 80, 85% tonight. I saw you limping noticeably in between right, plays. 70%. And I think you almost had a highlight run there when you jumped in the end zone, man. Did you know you took off from, like, the three? Oh, for real? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, Dwight, how, how would you describe the season so far? Like, what have you been fighting with just to get, get ready to play tonight? Just trying to get my ankle right. It's been bothering me a minute. Just trying to keep myself going. You did have your first touchdown of the year tonight, right? Yes, sir. What did it feel like to get back in the end zone again? It felt good. I was excited. Dwight, I think uh, you took your official last week to Georgia, right? Yes, sir. What was that like? What's memorable for you? The game. Yeah? Just seeing them come back versus South Carolina. Did you get a chance to hang out with Nate a lot? Yes, sir. What's that guy like? Hey, okay, he's pretty cool, laid back, you know, like messing with the girls, but that's my dog. What does he What does he think about Georgia? How much does he like Georgia? A thousand percent. How, how do you feel about his addition to the class? Oh, I'm happy. You know, that just keep adding and adding that. What was your favorite part of your official? Did you do anything cool? No, I was chilling. Were you? Yeah, I was just chilling. You know, enjoying the experience. Do you think you'll be able to go? Are you, are you worried about you're going to be fighting this health all year long? Or, like, when do you think you'll be able to be 100%? 
How about like November, December? No, lie. November, December, huh? Yeah. So you were close to 100% tonight, but then like yeah, on the first yeah. play, yeah. they got tangled up on your ankle, I guess, or something like that? Yeah. What did that feel like? Yeah. Were you a little annoyed? Yeah. I try not to be too hard on myself. But you looked a little stubborn. You're like, I'm going to go back in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why did you want to hop back in there? Because, like, my teammates, some of you boys I've been knowing since I was young, so I can't just give up just because my ankle hurt a little bit. You just got to keep going. Um, Dwight, what will you take away from this one? At least you got to be out back on the field. At least you scored again. Now, what can you build on from this? What's with me? Yeah, yeah, what can I just got to keep being the dog that I am. Thoughts on getting ready for Georgia, man? I'm sure you get a taste of it in a game like that. What goes through your mind when you watch the dogs play like that in a big game? I can't wait to be in that uniform. I can't wait. Dwight Phillips, first touchdown of the season. Fighting through injuries, fighting through a bad ankle. Still got in the end zone tonight. Hey, Dwight, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you. Dwight Phillips, some people call him uh, the Lightning. Uh, Dwight Lightning, uh, impressive. I don't think they come much faster, 10.26 in the 100 meters as a high school junior. I look for that number to go uh, 10-1 or lower uh, in his senior season. Played last week, got about 100 yards, only about 70% right there. One of Georgia's three running back commitments uh, in the 2024 class. They have Nate Frazier, number 50-ish overall. Uh, Dwight Phillips is around number 90 overall. And then Chauncey Bowens, who's right around 130, 140 overall. That's three backs in the uh, 2024 class as Georgia reloads that running back room after it looks like a mass unit um, right now heading into Auburn. Uh, this weekend. Guys, we've had a lot. We've had Sokovi White. We've had Ethan Barbour. We've had, oh yeah, Dylan Riola. We've had Ryan Puglisi viral throw. And we've had uh, Dwight Phillips Jr. as well trying to really just stuff this show to the gills here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. You've seen all that. Now it's kind of the stuff that stays on the table each and every week. The salt and pepper, uh, the sweet and low, the sugar, packets, whatever you want to say on the table for Before the Hedges each and every Wednesday night. Let's take a look at uh, the 2024 class breakdown. And it was funny, a little bit of color into our show. Uh, we were looking at the commits and their positions in the class breakdown. And uh, Kaylee, behind the, Kaylee, our producer behind the glass, we were sitting there and she was like, oh, it stings taking this NICAR name off this, this commitment graphic that she works so hard on and makes everything look so great each and every week. Let's check out the board. Georgia now has 26 commitments, still the number one class in the country. Uh, you see Dylan Riola there. Uh, you see the stars there. That indicates a top 100 overall uh, prospect that's committed. The wide receiver room lost a little weight there, lost about 25. Let me see. Lost about 32 career touchdowns right now uh, with the decommitment of Nykar. Uh, we spoke about him early in the show. I think he winds up uh, somewhere else than Georgia. I would look for Miami there. Uh, not so much Florida State or even Auburn. You see the three offensive tackles there. Offensive tackle Marcus Harrison put out some good film this week after finally getting started as well in upstate New York only a couple weeks ago. Malachi Tolliver, uh, Daniel Calhoun, uh, Michael Uni as well. You've seen uh, Marquez Easley at Sanford this year. You've seen Malachi almost every week. Daniel Calhoun's there almost every week. Uh, Sokovi White, can the same can be said for him. There's your class breakdown on offense. Now let's go to the Drew Miller page. Drew Miller continues to kick the ball like he's some medieval catapult, sending it all over, all across Iowa. I think sometimes he, I'm looking for one of his highlights to have him leave the state with one of his punts there. Plays quarterback. He's a dual threat quarterback and will be a punter in Athens. He's the nation's number one punter. And then let's go to the defensive side of the ball. You see there, Georgia's loading up on defensive linemen. I still think they take two more, maybe one to two more. You see the linebacker class. That's another envy of college football there. Remember, Chris Cole just recently committed to the Dogs. You see two corners there in DeMello Jones and Ellis Robinson. You know, will Georgia go after a North Carolina commit? Uh, Mr. Ziglar, Malcolm Ziglar. Well, what will Georgia do? Will they Will they? Try to heat things up with Cam McKell out of Statesboro. Is Cam McKell going to be recruited by Georgia now for the foreseeable future as a wide receiver, which has kind of been his preference all along to do both? Um, it's, that's something from Colorado that caught his attention as well. Uh, 
that, my friends, is a still a salty defense right there. Everybody on that graphic, um, almost everybody on that graphics, eight of those guys are top 125 overall commits right there. I don't think people are talking enough about Jordan Thomas, the defensive lineman out of New Jersey. Uh, that's one of those guys when if you had to, if you had to sit there and say, Jeff, give me your best commits in the class, who were the 10 highest priorities, the 10 that should go on and have the best careers in Athens. I don't like to do that, but if, you, if I'm being honest, I think Jordan Thomas would easily be one of those uh, top 10, top five guys perhaps. He just moves so well to be a big man at that size. That's your class breakdown. Let's take a look at the snapshot. Uh, now down to 26, now down to eight in-state commitments. One fewer on the offensive side of the ball, 15 offensive commits, 10 defensive commits. Uh, the state with the most commits is still Georgia. It's kind of interesting. Georgia still has two offensive players among the five highest-rated commitments, uh, Jaden Riddell and Nate Frazier. Uh, offensive players among the top 10, you still have uh, five amongst the top 10 as well. One of the things the NICAR uh, decommitment does is it takes away Georgia used to have top 11 top 100 commits and 18 top 150 commits. Your Dylan Riola talk about how the class is still pretty stout, pretty beefy, and pretty amazing in its own right as well. Guys, that is your uh, updated recruiting snapshot. And after the snapshot, top remaining targets. We have a new addition there this week, Nikar. We move him down to fourth. He's now undecided. I would probably say when you're looking at the top remaining targets, that's probably a guy you could go to, I think, you know, is it Mike Matthews? Is it another wide receiver? Um, is it Ryan Wingo? I don't think those are as likely as getting a recommitment from Nikar, but I actually don't, if you heard me at the top of the show, I think the chances are still, I would classify those as small to get a recommitment from Nikar. There's Michael Burrow uh, out of Fairburn, Georgia, Creekside. Uh, he's going to play Mays this week, which is uh, Quintavious Johnson Jr.'s team. LJ McCray out of Daytona Beach. Uh, seen his rankings sky a lot. He's now a five-star. You've also, um, information sources tell me that uh, Florida is now kind of firmly the team to beat there for LJ McCray. And then Aiden Breland, even Dylan Riola mentioned him as the guys he's still going after. Uh, teammates of Nate Frazier out at Modern Day in Santa Ana, California. He's a five-star on some services as well. Big defensive lineman. Georgia can never get enough of those. Kirby Smart's Georgia always focuses on the trenches no matter what, and that would be a fine uh, closing stroke or two if you could add a Burrow and you could add a Breland to this class. And then you think about where's the wide receiver and then where's maybe perhaps another defensive back as well. Those are your top remaining targets. Guys, um, normally I always try to get questions in with a guest like Dylan. I was trying to kind of hop around and do both, but we wanted to make sure we had about 10 good minutes of Dylan here on our program uh, live tonight on Before the Hedges. Speaking of live, now's your live Q&A time. you got any questions, I'll be surfing through the Facebook feed and also the uh, Dog Nation homepage and also the uh, um, YouTube feed as well looking for questions. Marshall Fleming, he's like, it's a good point here, Marshall. One of the things that probably I needed to say with my overall thoughts on the wide receiver position is I think, look what Georgia did with Ra Ra Thomas and look what Georgia did with Dominic Lovett. First of all, folks, Ra Ra is really starting to come on. If you noticed his social media, he recently became a father. He had a nice little tribute message on his towel last week for UAB. I think this is going to be a focus guy that's really going to start uh, really start diving in and getting what it means to be an all-around receiver and play Georgia Bulldog football. I think his upside is vast, and I think he's going to be one of the better players on Georgia's offense for the second half of the season. I think the same could be said, said for maybe Lawson Lucky as he continues to get healthy. It was encouraging for those that want to see a more explosive, high-powered Georgia offense to see Lawson Lucky running around, suited up, going through, running some routes, um, prior to the game. Doesn't look like he's all the way back, but it looks like he's working his way back there, which is great. Uh, maybe perhaps if he gets one more week or two of kind of easing it back in there, if he's not ready to go against Auburn, then perhaps you got you know Kentucky the following week, and then you've got Vanderbilt, and then an off week before Florida. Uh, good, good things, good potential, good encouragement there by seeing Lawson Lucky. But um, probably the thing that, that struck me with Marshall's thought was I totally agree. 
Dominic Lovett, Ra-Ra Thomas, I think maybe in the future as it's going to get harder and harder to recruit these wide receivers, especially those that want a significant NIL attachment to their eventual decision. I think it's probably just better to go get a developed player, a second-year, third-year player out of the transfer portal. Maybe if you're only going to have him for one year before he heads off to the NFL, then that's fine because at least you know you have a proven product with a proven um, playmaker and contributor in major college football. Uh, David Wayne Carroll, do I feel Auburn is stronger against the rush or against the pass? I, I think it's kind of a it's kind of like a 55-45 situation. I just don't think uh, Auburn has the pieces and has the personnel to go up against Georgia. Probably the best thing for Auburn to do would to get an early score on Georgia and then perhaps get that crowd behind them as well and just kind of get Carson Beck used to uh, dealing with that SEC hostile environment. Uh, frankly, I'm going to be in the group that thinks there's nothing that the SEC schedule can show Carson Beck that he hasn't seen climbing his way up the depth chart against Georgia's defense, that 2021 defense, that 2022 defense uh, for the past two or three years. Um, David Riddle's got a good thought there. David, I've always felt that uh, Georgia would have a steep uh, kind of a runway to get to its best football four or five games down the track. You get Carson right. You get some of those young players right. Folks, do you continue to see how good C.J. Allen, number 33, looks on that field on Saturdays? I think he's one of those guys that's going to be very, very special. I remember um, having some spirited debates amongst a lot of the recruiting guys that cover Georgia. Uh, you know, some guys were Raylan Wilson guys, rightfully so. Some guys were um, Troy Bowles guys. Some guys were like the, you know, I've always felt that, I thought C.J. Allen had everything between the ears, uh, inside the shoulder pads, uh, height, weight, all that. He just has everything to be a very special player. Um, let me see. Going to Facebook. Uh, we got some people talking about mixology. We got some people talking about chicken wings. Hopefully they're lemon pepper. Uh, let me see what's going on. That's on Facebook. Let me check out what's going on on YouTube. Uh, what'd you guys think about Dylan? What'd you guys think about having Dylan on? Uh, he was a great guest. I knew he would be. A uh, lot more than him than just playing good football. A lot more than him than, to him than just playing great football as well. Um, let me see. We've got some fun people hanging out. Uh, looks like we've got a couple gators in here. In the uh, Always good to have some uh, friendly banter in the YouTube thread. Everybody playing the feud, uh, family feud. Actually, if you want to go back to the beginning of the show, I actually said some nice things about Florida, about their defense, about the recruiting class they're putting together um, inside, uh, inside um, the chat today. Um, Randy Payne, good seeing you as well. Good seeing all, all the folks that are going to make it into uh, the Dog Nation invasion as well. Um, let me see. Uh, got some. Uh, anybody got score predictions? What does everybody think? You know what that that Kentucky Florida game, pretty tight right there. You know, I think uh, I think I was doing some research kind of for our go with the flow this week, and Florida has the chance. Uh, to stop a skid that they haven't lost to Kentucky three times in a row since like 1951. First of all, if anybody is in this feed that if that was uh, watching that game, watching those games in 1951, um, I applaud you because uh, it's a pretty awesome feed. I think that's like in Bear Bryant territory right there. But um, let me see. Uh, Lots of people uh, spamming the chat messages at all. So let's see this. Hey, guys, tried really hard this week. Wanted to put together a really great show for you guys. Uh, long overdue kind of spotlight moments there for Dwight Phillips in the class, uh, Sokovi White in the class. Uh, you got uh, Ryan Puglisi playing football, and what do you know, creating a viral highlight. Um very strong first game for him. One of the things I wrote about on Sunday night uh, after di kind of recapping Dylan's first game is he's heard it. He's heard that, you know, you can't be the gunslinger. You can't be trying to throw the football through a brick wall all the time. Can't be John Elway out there. Sometimes you got to be take a little bit off. 
Um, complete the balls you need to complete. Um, you know, drop those dimes, drop those check downs, and I think you're going to see a more complete season, a more complete player out of Ryan Puglisi there for Avon Old Farms uh, out in Connecticut. Uh, Georgia is blessed to have two very stout, very impressive on and off the field quarterbacks in this class. Um, and then you also got a chance to, to see a, what I think is a really cool dude, Ethan Barbour. Got a good family around him, but also really he's one of those tight ends that I think he's probably the most ready-to-play tight end uh, right out of the box that maybe Todd Hartley's ever signed or stands to sign. Like he is a true tight end. Sometimes he loves to bang with uh, – you know, he loves to bang. He loves to block. He loves to be that guy that's going to move somebody back and push a guy back and help out the run game. Of course, he can run routes. He's got the route tree that's really impressive as well. I think, I think Lawson Lucky is probably the only other guy that comes to mind when you think about a complete tight end like that. Uh, probably, you know, Lawson was probably the best route runner of any tight end in the country a year ago. And as we mentioned a few moments ago, can't wait to see him on the field as well. Anyway, guys, that has been a Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Uh, I always try to say this every once in a while, guys, but thank you. Thank you for being part of our show. Thank you for watching. Thank you for con- your continued interest in Georgia football and Georgia football recruiting and this product we put out here every Wednesday night brought to you by Dog Nation. Thank you, each and every one of you, for making that time out of your day to do so. Thank you to uh, uh, the marvelous Miss, Miss Mansell behind the glass as she puts together another show. We had this lady hustling today. We had her like – Waiting on admitting Dylan Riola into the chat. She was popping graphics left and right. She is still scorned by having to take Nikar's name off the commitment, off the commitment list. But you know, sometimes that's just what you gotta do. You gotta put it on and you gotta clock in and go to work. And guys, that has been another before the hedges. I'm Jeff Sintel. That has been your Intel. Be well, everybody. Uh, can't say enough how much we appreciate it. I love every one of you guys out there for uh, making a making our show a part of your night each and every Wednesday night. Guys, that's your intel. Be well, and we'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. 